We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, guys, we are about to recap Ravens 49ers. But real quick, I want to tell you about Indochino Suits. They're a partner of ours. I know I'm wearing suits a lot more often. 49ers players, a lot of them are looking sharp post game. We want to help you out. If you are going to buy a suit, go to Indochino.com slash BlueWire. You will get $30 off a suit. You got to at least spend $3.99, but you really should. Indochino's the world's largest made-to-measure brand. You can do everything online. Choose your fabric, customizations, measurements, everything straight to your door in two weeks. Go get measured if you want nearest downtown showroom, or you can do it all from home. A lot of people have their measurements. I know I have mine probably fluctuating because of Thanksgiving. Make sure to check out Indochino.com slash BlueWire to get your discount today. Um, I'm proud to work with them. All right, let's jump into this podcast. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Yo, what up, my people? It is Kevin Jones. It is the Striking Gold Podcast. Monday morning recap. 49ers lose to the Baltimore Ravens 20-17. to Last second field goal by Justin Tucker. Amazing execution from the Baltimore Ravens to end the game. Six minutes left. They took the football down the field. They ran the clock down. They made sure the 49ers did not get the football back. This is something San Francisco under Kyle Shanahan has struggled with. I am going to give the 49ers all the props in the world for being 10-2 and and going toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the league and showing out defensively, and Jimmy Garoppolo was mostly good, and Raheem Mostert was mostly amazing and carried the team to victory, and he should have been the one on fourth and one with the football in his hands. 
ah, it just feels like Kyle made a mistake there. And I think this isn't a fanboy podcast. We're not going to defend Kyle Shanahan's every move. We have to point out the truth about the football team right now. The 49ers were too aggressive with six minutes left. They should have kept it simple, kept it moving, just like the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you know, Do they end up kicking a field goal there with two minutes left, and then the Ravens end up scoring a touchdown? Maybe, but at the end of the day, the 49ers didn't get the football back. That was their last possession. They, if, if they could go back, I don't think Kyle would call a pass play. I know that's what he said after the game. He's got to go look at the tape. And like even, I really want to get into halftime too, what they did with the clock. They got to the 44-yard line with Raheem Mostert with 150 left. It feels like the 49ers, for as amazing as their defense is, for how they've overachieved every expectation, they have trouble in two-minute late-game situations. And, you know, I got to give them their props. They scored on fourth down with Debo Samuel early. They converted a fourth and one with Emmanuel Sanders. Um, this team isn't totally lost at all. It's very small, little decisions ended up losing them this game. And it felt like same with Seattle. It could have at least been a tie with Seattle. We are nitpicking here because they've – Again, overachieved, so I, I seem like a dick, but I, I think you have to point this out. I think there was a lot of fan frustration. I think you'll see both sides of the coin here. Um, just an amazing football game. Back and forth, heavyweight fight, definitely felt like a potential Super Bowl preview. Listen, the Patriots got their asses kicked by the Houston Texans. Losses happen in the NFL. The 49ers have had a couple close losses where it felt like they outplayed Seattle pretty much and it felt like they outplayed Baltimore in the second half the last time the Ravens scored a touchdown in the game was 11 56 left in the second quarter the second half they shut down Lamar Jackson and for the most part Lamar did nothing through the air this pass defense is so good and so what the Ravens have exposed is you can run the football on the 49ers we've known this but you can run it effectively Lamar Jackson is a running back in addition to a quarterback 16 carries 100 yards I think they were all designed runs, too. I read that after the game from ESPN Stats and Info. They went in with a designed running attack. It's very reminiscent of RG3 when he was playing at his top level ever, those couple games in 2012 where he won Rookie of the Year. Lamar is just gliding on the field. Um, I think the disappointing part from the defense was they came out and they were not crashing the, the edge at all and they were not looking for Jackson's run they were crashing on Mark Ingram every time and you know Jackson was having his way um you know seven nothing early 49ers then Jimmy G's fumble makes it seven seven he has one of those a game like I will bring it up every time until he shakes it off it is a Romo vibe with him he's a gunslinger back in the pocket he gets a little loose with the football sometimes Ravens are going to turn that into seven every time. The 49ers have got away with turning the football over against other teams. Listen, you can blame Kyle's play call on fourth and one, or you can blame Jimmy G's turnover here. At the end of the day, Kyle's was in the fourth quarter. Football is a game of so many plays. I don't like pointing blame, but you can't say Jimmy G was blameless in this loss either. That turnover hurt. And then touchdown to Andrews, the tight end. I don't know what happened in coverage there. I actually don't think it was Akilah Weatherspoon's fault, even though it looked like 
people were pointing at him. Fred Warner also like tapped his chest when that happened. He was amazing all game. He, there's no way you can keep him out of the Pro Bowl. The whole league knows him because of red zone. He's making big plays all the time. Had a couple late, one on a fourth down. Um, yeah, I mean, this was an entertaining slugfest. So it's 7-7. Seven, seven. Then Lamar, Lamar had his best drive. It was at the end of the first quarter and then the second quarter. It was mostly runs by him that got them into the end zone and up 14-7. We got to point out, the conditions were sloppy as hell. It was pouring down rain. If they do meet in the Super Bowl in Miami, you're going to pray that it doesn't rain. It has before in a Super Bowl against the Bears and Colts. But I think the rain may, may have helped slow down Baltimore a little bit too, but it also probably hurt the 49ers. So it was, at least the 49ers had a little experience playing in this now in Washington. Good thing about their East Coast game, they are getting a little weathered. They're able to play some of these ugly games and still be effective. So again, I'm... I want to reset. We are rapping hot coming into the Striking Gold podcast. I would say I'm disappointed by this loss because from here on out, Ravens go up 14-7. I think the 49ers outplay them for most of the game. The number one reason San Francisco is a contender is because when they go down, they respond immediately. And it was Raheem Mostert this time who really just picked up the torch. And this guy looks like an Olympic sprinter sometimes when he has the ball. It was his day. Kyle realized it was his day. He scores on a 40-yard touchdown like three minutes after this happened. You know, the 49ers didn't go down, no three and outs. Even early in the game, it was like third and long. Kendrick Bourne, Jimmy G, like 49ers have really brought it on third down for most of the year. And they've responded when they go down. And so it's 14-14, amazing run by Mostert. Yeah, Tevin Coleman, there's a lot of people who probably started him in fantasy. He was phased out this game. Give Kyle props there. He picked the right player and, and rode Mostert most of the way. Interesting. I mean, is Mostert starting next week? The hot hand thing will be real here. Brita's been banged up. How does he look when he comes back into the equation? Doesn't matter. I mean, the, the Ravens have a damn good defense. The 49ers did whatever they wanted to on the ground. Six yards per carry. It really just moved the football. So the Ravens get the ball back. Um, Lamar goes down the field. 49ers have a nice little goal line stand. They force him to a field goal. They get the ball back at the end of the half with a minute 58 left. First down and 10. It's a run to Mostert. It's, what, 20 yards all the way up to the 44-yard line? They're in business. Let's go get a touchdown here. Go up 21-17 at the half. The 49ers have already scored two touchdowns on big plays. 33 yards of Debo Samuel and and 40-yard Raheem Mostert burst down the sideline. Uh, yeah, let's keep the big plays going, Kyle. <laughs> At this time, the big plays were working, and now was the time. Kyle's thought process is he didn't want Lamar Jackson to get the football back. They sputter here, and all of a sudden there's 33 seconds left, and they're still not across midfield, and they still have timeouts left. I'm just a little befuddled here about going conservative with a little too much time left on the clock. I guess he had no faith in his defense to stop Lamar. It feels like the timing's a little bit off here. It feels, again, like there could be an assistant coach who can help make some of these decisions because, Kyle, you're literally calling the plays, man. You're orchestrating so much other stuff. This is – it feels like 
the 49ers left points on the scoreboard. Why are you playing for a long field goal when Robbie Gold is coming off an injury? It's raining out. And so there was some dinking and some dunking. After the Moster big run, it was Jimmy G to Kittle for 11 yards, but it was a penalty. Emmanuel Sanders, illegal block above the back. And then, so it's first and 20, a minute 20 left. Jimmy G to Debo for eight yards. He stays in bounds. No timeouts. All of a sudden, uh, the 49ers, there's 29 seconds left. And second and 12. Mostert gets 16 yards. And now they're kind of in business at the Baltimore 42. But there's only 26 seconds left. They could have been in the Baltimore 42 a little earlier than that. Call a timeout. They end up kicking a really long field goal with still with one timeout left. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one not seeing this. Because I saw Croc tweeted he liked not giving Lamar Jackson the football back. I'm willing to risk it a little bit more because my offense has already shown big plays are happening. It's raining. Marcus Peters could get burnt. You have Debo who's on fire. Samuel was having a good first half. That's when I want to trust Jimmy G there. I don't think he's going to lose the football game for you there. I guess Kyle was worried about an interception or a turnover. To his credit, you have to... What is he thinking? Trying to make the case for Kyle and, and just running down the clock? They should have handed the ball off the most or more with timeouts. They shouldn't have let so much time elapse there. It goes from 120 to 29 seconds if you go look at the play chart. There's got to be more sense of urgency for touchdowns at the end of the half, especially with two minutes left. And you... You're, you're on the 44-yard line. That's why I'm disappointed. I woke up today being like, huh? People are going to say, oh, it's a, a contradiction. You want them to go for it at the end of the first half and then get conservative at the end of the game. The Ravens got conservative with six minutes left. Lamar Jackson is an MVP thrower. And they, made, they knew when to be conservative. The 49ers got conservative before the end of the first half when they had some momentum and the ball at midfield with a minute 45 left. Not good. Kyle going to be coach of the year. I'm trust the Shannon plan. We sell merch on our website. But damn, that one stings. All right, so third quarter, Ravens driving. Lamar Jackson, probably his second best drive of the game to start the second half. So then, again, you can make that argument for Kyle. Look, Lamar brought him back down the field pretty quickly. Marcel Jackson, strip. The 49ers did this before. Tart has done this before. I think Jimmy Ward has a strip on the year. They're so good at stripping the football. That was possibly the biggest defensive play of the game. It was. That was Lamar Jackson's first fumble of the whole season. Um, and Harris has been on the practice squad. And he's, he's been around for the last couple of years. He comes in, makes a timely big play. Dre Greenlaw with that interception against Seattle. It's actually unbelievable. Robert Sala could get hired because the 49ers are making so many plays on defense. And he deserves some credit. Second half adjustments, Lamar Jackson kind of shut down from there. Uh, you know, besides the last drive. Yeah, third quarter was another most third quarter. It was pounding the football with him. The 49ers had a really good drive in the middle of the third quarter. And Emmanuel Sanders... Drew a P.I. call on fourth down. I thought it was a ticky-tack call. 49ers got bailed out. They kind of stalled out, and Robbie Gould kicked the field goal to tie it at 17. 
49ers force the Ravens punt. They get backed up into the one-yard line. And again on third down, Jimmy G finds Emmanuel Sanders, keeps the chains moving. Um, they eventually have to punt the football, but they just they got backed out of a jam. They were backed against the wall. And it's like these little instances the 49ers show on offense. Of course, you have long Kittle touchdowns. You definitely have I – mean, they've hit a lot of home runs. Think about the Browns game. Didn't Breida have like an 80-yard touchdown? But when I think of the 49ers offense this year, I think of third and seven where it looks hairy and a punt here would like swing the game. And they just, they keep the chains moving. Even if they didn't get a field goal, you know, they didn't here. It flipped field position a little bit. It helped for sure. Um, Ravens don't do much in the fourth quarter from there. And the 49ers get the ball back. They're across midfield. Kittle makes this amazing catch on a, actually a bad throw from Jimmy G. It's pouring down rain. There's six minutes left. First down, Raheem Mostert, three yards. Second down, Raheem Mostert, three yards. Third down, Raheem Mostert, three yards. It's now fourth and one. I think the Ravens called timeout, and they come back out of it. Jimmy G is shotgun. Four wide receivers on, on fourth and one. Hey, if it worked... Maybe I'm the biggest hypocrite in the world. Maybe I'm praising Kyle. But at this time, right now, in the game, with Mostert just being your guy, really for this whole second half, it, this was a NFC East 1995, like Emmett Smith, like ugly game. This, does, this, this did not look like high-flying football. Um you have to trust your gut, and, and Kyle did, and Jimmy G dropped back to pass, and his pass was batted down. The Ravens blitzed all game. It was the most any quarterback had been blitzed all year. I think it was like 21 of his drop packs. It was 85%. Nick Wagner has the stats, ESPN.com, good friend of the pod. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't want to say this is an inexplicable call. Like, I don't think – Kyle is terrible. I think some of the language is being overused, but I think it's right to question this play call. I didn't mind the decision at all, not running, um, but I wish I called a better pass play. Was that your initial call before the timeout? No, no, we changed it. Yeah, we don't like the look we had out there. So basically, Kyle, he wanted to ride with what he thought was probably working on fourth down, the Debo touchdown. He moved the chains with Emmanuel Sanders. He put trust in Jimmy G when I don't think he had to. And I guess Kyle thought he was going to get the football back because I definitely did too. And the Ravens proved to you, no, you can go 12 plays in 34 yards and kill off every second of clock. And John Harbaugh, to me, outfoxed the 49ers. And even on third and one and fourth and one, and just they're able to call, call Lamar Jackson's number. Will they be able to do this his whole career? Will he have a short career like Cam Newton? I think so if they continue to use him in the run game. However, I was impressed by Lamar's ability to not take huge hits. It seems like he knows when to fall to the ground. It was mesmerizing to watch. The Ravens, you tip your cap to them. They outdid the 49ers at the end when it felt like the 49ers really went into their house and they were riding a seven-game win streak and Jimmy G, you know, isn't Lamar Jackson, but definitely went toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. And Kyle called Jimmy G's number, and they lost. And that's how it goes. But I think it's important the day after and the, 
the next couple days for John Lynch, for someone in that building to point out these scenarios and late game decision making. I don't know what the analytics say. I don't know what the charts say. Fourth and one against the Ravens D. Listen, they made big passing plays all day. So that's how it goes. You run the football there. You probably continue to run it. You probably get to the 15-yard line. It's probably third and five. You can throw there. I'm fine going with it on fourth down. But when you do and you do something risky, this happens. You lose games. It felt like the game swung on those two drives at the end of the, the first half and the end of the game for the 49ers, their last drive. They had a chance to put points on the scoreboard in both, and they did not. Sucks. That's the way it goes. All right, there's some big picture stuff coming out of this, of course. Maybe play another clip or two from the locker room from some of our guys there, Chris Biederman, Tracy Sandler, Fangirl Network, a part of Blue Wire. Yeah. Disappointed, but the 49ers are 10-2. and two. There's playoff ramifications for sure. Seattle against Minnesota is a ginormous game tonight. Seattle could be in the driver's seat and now have an advantage over the 49ers. And week 17, it's already looking like, to me, that could be flexed because there's going to be big positioning, I think, up for grabs in that game in the NFC. All right, let's hear from a couple of our sponsors, and we will be right back on Striking Gold. All right, guys, what is the best gift to give your brother-in-law, your uncle, your boss? How about a subscription to Harry's Razors? Harry's.com slash BlueWire. It's a new deal here. $5 off a shave set. It's great for the holidays. You got to act by December 16th. So go now, harrys.com. It starts just $20. That's a, that's Secret Santa limits right there. So you get White Elephant. What are you going to get someone? How about something actually good? A subscription to something. You would blow people away by doing this. You get the Harry's Blade refill, refills $2 each. So you're really not spending that much money over time. It's going to be cheaper than getting razors from the store, and it's so convenient. This is a special offer only with Blue Wire, harrys.com slash Blue Wire, free shipping, five-blade razor, foaming shave gel, travel cover, the whole nine. Our whole network has been using this the whole year. We ride with Harry's. You should too. So this ends December 16th. Act now, harrys.com slash Blue Wire. Get your shave set today. All right, guys, so I'm using ShipStation right now. I am sending a bunch of gifts to family members and friends this Christmas. I don't want to bring them all on the plane. I'm going to use ShipStation this year. I'm going to use ShipStation to track everything because I'm going to go to ShipStation.com and use my offer code BLUE and get a 60-day free trial. Two months free, no hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Um, You know, I have... Blue Wire people I want to ship a lot of gifts to. I don't want to trust FedEx and all these other places. I want to do all the orders through ShipStation so they're all tracked together. I can see when they get there. If you're going to ship more than one thing or two, you really should go to ShipStation.com. They are the leaders in this stuff. They they use USPS, FedEx, UPS. You can compare and choose which is the best option depending on what you're sending, where you're sending. It's the number one choice for online sellers. They've been partners with us all year. ShipStation.com. 
promo code blue, two free months. What are you waiting for? Make ship happen. Striking gold podcast. All right, welcome back. 10 and 2, end of the day. 49ers have exceeded expectations this season. They are sitting in a really good spot moving forward. I'm looking at Jimmy Garoppolo's stats right now compared to Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes. And he's right there. He is right there. He is above Derek Carr to me. He's above Phillip Rivers. He's above Jared Goff. He's playing as well. Maybe not as Aaron Rodgers, but he's, he's doing a lot of the same types of things. He's better than Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield. I'd rather have him than Josh Allen in a playoff game. I'd rather have him than Gardner Minshew. I'd rather have him than Jameis Winston. You're talking about him getting close to becoming a top 10 quarterback already in the league. And yes, the fumbling. And yes, he's not perfect. And yes, I'd definitely you know, still rather have Mahomes and Wilson and probably Watson and probably Lamar Jackson but not Kirk Cousins. I don't, he's at the same level as Matthew Stafford to me. And at the end of the day, think about how bad this season could have gone. What if the 49ers were 6-6 six and six right now and he wasn't playing well and the future looked up in the air and they don't have as many draft picks because of D Ford and trading for Jimmy G. There's no cloud over this team right now because he has played really damn well. This offense has been fantastic for the most part with not a lot at receiver, but they've they made a trade. They've developed Debo a little bit. They phased out Pettis. Marquise Goodwin, was he a healthy scratch? I'd like Richie James more involved. They've had no Trent Taylor this year. It's been a little tough there. Kittle is obviously treated like a wide receiver one in fantasy and in real life. He still looks a little hurt to me. How about him in, in the run game and the blocking? They were really trying to highlight that. McGlinchey seemed like he had a really good run blocking game as well. Jimmy G only sacked twice against the Ravens in the rain. He handled pressure pretty damn well. There was a couple almost interceptions. I watched the game with a few buddies. Shout out to Nabil. Shout out to Pat Chapman. I mean, they're mostly impressed by him, but, you know, a couple mistakes. And, again, he started about the same amount of games as Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. He, this is his second season in the NFL. I like this offense moving forward. I love this offense moving forward. Got to figure out receiver. Right now, I'd probably bring back Emmanuel Sanders. He's going to be a free agent. They'll probably do a two-year deal and make it heavy. So there's not a long-term commitment. He's getting up there in age. Um, They'll have to look at trades. They will. They'll have to look at someone like Taylor Gabriel. They'll look at people that Kyle's had success with in the past because some of the guys he's picking are not working. I think they're going to look for established guys. I don't know why I said established, established guys. (laughs) Big picture 49ers, second half, striking gold podcast. We like to look at a macro version of the team we did micro earlier on didn't like a couple of the decisions ultimately it was a heavyweight fight and Baltimore had the last knockout punch could be a Super Bowl preview I would love that these teams have played in a Super Bowl before 
these are two of the better organizations, minus Jed York's couple of mess ups. We'll give him credit for Harbaugh. And, you know, after Mariucci was kind of, there's some there's a lot of tough years actually. The Ravens have been actually way more of a class organization, but the 49ers, it's better for the NFL when they're good. Same in the NBA with big market teams. It's better when the Bulls are good. The Knicks are never good, so we don't know. I, the Heat are good right now. That's Miami's a bigger NBA market. It's good. The rest of the country watched this game on Red Zone yesterday. This was the game highlighted. The 49ers are in the spotlight. Kyle's a coach of the year candidate. All right, big picture next week against the Saints. I'm a little more worried because the run game, or excuse me, the run defense is not exactly great. And you're going to have Alvin Kamara. And I think the Saints come up with a game plan to really feature the run and take it out of Drew Brees' hands. They still have Michael Thomas. Eric Armstead got tripped up in the run game a little bit. Bosa had a couple whiffs back there. going to happen, of course, but it seems like, oh, okay, you want to stop the 49ers' pass rush? Okay, just don't throw the football that much or dink and dunk as much as you can. Lamar had like one or two deep shots. Jimmy Ward had that almost pass interference. But end of the day, they ran it all over the 49ers' defense. They were outstanding defensively. Again, it was like, you know, fourth and one, third and one. It's not like they got steamrolled, but the Ravens at the end of the day executed. It it was a really damn good game. It was well played by both teams. But I'm not going to lie to you. I think New Orleans can go out there and execute in the run game. Maybe I wasn't thinking about that a couple weeks ago. And now a couple of these tough losses stacked up, and we've seen – just some lapses in the run defense that there's a little bit of a weakness there. Probably biggest weakness of the team. It's definitely not the pass defense with Richard Sherman and his crew. It is definitely not the run offense with Kyle doing his thing. I trust Jimmy G right now more than the 49ers run defense. So if there's kind of a blueprint way to beat this team, the Ravens have shown it a little bit. That's another little... Thing to be worried about big picture wise this is without d ford but again he's not that great of a run defender however i think i'm starting to feel his presence not being there even though he's not even a full-time player they want to keep him healthy and productive for many years so he's been great as a situational sack artist but right now this team is struggling solly t has been on the field maybe a little too much DJ Jones went down yesterday. You know, Ronald Blair has been out. You're feeling a little bit of the effects right there on the D-line. But again, they are the engine that destroyed the Packers last week. So um, you, you count on them, obviously, dismantling any pass offense. The Ravens had to run the football. Let's not forget that. You can't really beat this team any other way. Um, but they're, they're going to have to figure that out a little bit. Again, I think they missed Quan Alexander a little bit in the run defense as well, too. I think we underestimated his impact there. Um, yeah, striking gold, believing in Jimmy G, the run defense, the schedule after New Orleans, then it's home against the Falcons. It is short week Saturday home against the Rams. And then it is... 
Week 17 at Seattle. Not the easiest schedule to close. The Rams are probably quitting on the season, but they'll still want to spoil the 49ers. They will not want to sit this thing out. Sean McVay likes to compete. They're probably they're going to miss the playoffs this year, but I don't know if they're going to lay down. The 49ers are going to have to get up for that game. Falcons is not an easy win. It's Kyle's former team. Dan Quinn trying to save his job. They've had a nice little resurgence at the end of the year. And then at Seattle's, mm, Seattle has a big game against Minnesota tonight. If there's anything crazy in that game that we need to talk about. But basically, Seattle wins. 49ers get bumped from tied for first to now fifth and a wild card. So, you know, when I'm nitpicking about Kyle and the, and the drives, I'm talking about not having home field advantage. And I people are tweeting, Evan, I love Evan Sowers, his his tweets literally make me LOL because he's the man. He's so funny. And he makes a good point. The The 49ers would kill the Cowboys in the first round or the Eagles. Who cares? It's It just makes it a, a challenging. You're not probably going to have a home game at all. You're going to have to win three road games to get to the Super Bowl and then have all the Super Bowl hoopla. It's just going to make it more challenging for a team who's never done it before. They win a Super Bowl, then I'm like, okay, yeah, they can go be a wild card and do it again. It's just it's making it harder for yourself. Like figure this out in the regular season, at least get the first round by because then in the second round, they're have to, they're going to new Orleans. They're going to Lambeau or they're going to Seattle and it's going to be pretty challenging. I'd rather have the other way where one of those teams is coming to Levi's 100% Seattle in the playoffs. I've, I've seen the Redskins lose to them every time we've seen the Niners pretty much lose to them every time. Don't want to play them there. And essentially, Week 17 is going to be a playoff game. That's probably going to determine the division. And hopefully it does. Hopefully the 49ers are continuing to win here because they lose to the Saints. And then they, they're essentially two games behind Seattle. They go in. They had to have the same record going into that game. I'm going to have to look up all the tiebreakers there to be factually accurate. We need to get a statistician for the Striking Gold podcast. If you want to apply, hit me up. DM me on Twitter. My DMs are open. But, um, yeah, I'm a little concerned about the end of the season. At the end of the day, if this team's a wild card this year, well, you're happy about it. Fuck it. My thing is your window is not always open to win a Super Bowl. Next year, Jimmy G could get hurt, this and that, and the third, Buckner's out. This You're like, oh, shit. Like they're clicking so hard this year. I want the clicking to continue. So again, I pat them on the back, but I push expectations for the fan base. We all should. We're in the Bay Area. We expect championships. Why not? The Rams made it last year. And now they're, where are they? The Cowboys have been so up and down. The the NFC is always going to be up for grabs. It feels like someone in the NFC can really plant a flag and, and become someone who's there with Breeze about to retire. Seattle's still always going to be hanging around. Rodgers is getting a lot older. Really big picture. Next decade-wise, the 49ers are like elbowing, elbowing their way in to becoming a contender in the NFC. Let's prove it this, this year. If they have a wild card game and shit the bed and lose to the Cowboys, it's back to the drawing board. You lose a lot of the momentum you had. 
this season feels like a bust. So I think the 49ers are setting themselves up. If they have a wild card game, they've got to win that wild card game. There needs to be making the playoffs is great, but like they're about to clinch a playoff spot next week if they win. They need one more step up the ladder this season. If they can climb two humps this season, have Jimmy B be amazing, make the playoffs, and win a playoff game, that's got to be the goal this year. I would be disappointed if they were the wild card team and then went to Dallas or went to Philly and lost. So they are, you know, they're they're going to be the the number one wild card, looking like it, unless they lose out and Minnesota wins out. Or, or something happens with Green Bay. But the NFC playoff picture is pretty much set. We know the six teams heading to the playoffs. It's just whether or not the 49ers are going to be a wild card, Seahawks, Packers, or Vikings. Yeah, and you know the 49ers have lost two games by last-second field goals. They are a top-five team in the league. We need to look at reseeding like the NBA is doing, right? The 49ers deserve a home game no matter what here. Why are they going to Dallas? They've played so much better this season. NFL's got to look into reseeding. Division champs, who cares? The 49ers are doing something more impressive. All right, let's put a bow on this thing and recap. 49ers right now are one of the best football teams in the league. However, they have some issues with late game strategy and end of the first half lack of a sense of urgency and knowing what to do with the clock and why is there a timeout left and why is Mostert killing everyone and then it goes from 120 to 20 seconds left Um, points were left on the scoreboard against Baltimore you're allowed to be disappointed as a fan and still happy the 49ers are one of the best teams in the league and they proved it against Baltimore so there's there's mixed emotions about this win and I would say Maybe I'm overly harsh sometimes on Twitter, but the team has raised the level of expectations of how we critique them. This is the most fun part about sports. We get to critique what happens together, have a discussion about it. I think the 49ers need help with late game strategy. I think an assistant coach next season should be there to talk with Kyle about it for 10 to 15 seconds and that it's worth it and that Kyle should ask for help here. And he is the play caller. But there's got to be a better sense of what to do in these situations. It feels like this was not out of the blue what happened in the first half and then whatever with the play call. Maybe that's really nitpicking. But Mostert, don't take the football out of his hands? I don't know. I don't want to seem like a hypocrite because I think Kyle's the greatest, but I'm walking away disappointed because it's the same type of stuff they've been losing close games with in recent memory. Even against the Packers, when C.J. Beathard was quarterback, Nick Mullins lost a close one with some of this. this. This happens, but it feels like it happens to the 49ers a lot. Overall, they punched him in the mouth back ultimately got knocked down when you don't get the football back six minutes left Baltimore really I think taught the 49ers a lesson this is how you close out a football game you do it ugly third and one handoff fourth and one QB sneak you throw very short passes you keep the clock moving you have an all pro kicker who can hit a 49 yarder in the rain no questions asked and they did it 
you know, they could win the Super Bowl this year. This was one of the best games in the league. The whole it was it was a star on red zone. It lived up to the hype. And 49ers fans should be proud. This is amazing. Fred Warner is a pro bowler and he showed the whole league who he was. Marcel Harris comes off the practice squad, is making big plays. Debo Samuel. Week after week. It's fun to watch this team play. They have graduated from disaster to contender in a very short period of time. And a lot of people are getting big contracts coming up. Armstead, Buckner, Kittle. Core is in place. How open is this window? I want it to be open this year. I want them to go far in the playoffs. That's why I'm not okay losing in the first round of the playoffs. I don't want to play in the wild card. I would want a division by home game, Levi's, win that and go to the NFC Championship game. So yeah, these decisions, these games in the regular season. I told you the playoffs started against Green Bay. 49ers are 1-1 one one right now in this mini postseason part of their season. And they have New Orleans next and winnable games against Atlanta and LA. They drop one of those, they're going to be a wild card. They're going to have to win both of those. They lose to New Orleans, they might be able to get away with it. They lose one of those two, they're a wild card. That's how quickly it turns. That's how amazing the NFC is. And kudos to the 49ers for making the big leap. They are the turnaround team this year. They're the big surprise. Can they be the, the Chiefs here and become you know the team that hangs around, you know, wins divisions or is a wild card team every year? I think so. Can they become the Patriots? Let's like chill out on that, but let, let's get to like let's get to a level where they're making the playoffs and winning in the playoffs. And it feels like that's happening. Um Got to have Nick Bosa back next week in a big way. Got to have, you know, the pass rush back. But big picture, as we wrap up here, teams are proving you can run on the 49ers. It's a little concerning. I think I'd rather play the Eagles in the first round than the Cowboys with Zeke and their offense. So root for Philly, I think, the rest of the way. Because it, it, a wild card is in play. And I would say this New Orleans game and Seattle, this, this could be a playoff preview here. This, if the 49ers win in the first round, they're probably going to be playing New Orleans or Seattle. Who knows? Maybe they can rip this thing off, man. Maybe they can win four or five straight. I am not down on this team at all. At all. And neither should you. All right. Shout out to Indochino, Harry's Ship Station, these are the people who make Blue Wire run. So check them out. All the promo codes listed in this info in the podcast. Blue Wire. All right, shout out to my teammates all around the country. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Croc and Rob will be on. And then, yeah, 49ers Saints. I am leaning 49ers still. I like how they match up with the Saints, but that run thing is... is is sketch me out a little bit. All right. Peace. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.